You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome to I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek Podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, and the Fleet Admiral himself, Ben Knight. Ben, welcome to Season 2 of Star Trek Picard. Wow. So, this this is a thing. This is a happening. Uh, We're going to be talking about the first two episodes, and uh, after that, hopefully one episode at a time going forward. If you are a listener of this podcast and you listened to uh, I think when they are, you know, when we I think so, too, especially if you're listening yeah. right now, there's a good chance that you're a listener of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> always a weird thing to say, but people say it anyway. Um, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, mm. yeah, see, that's a smarter way to say it. Uh, you might remember us talking about season one of Picard and there were some highs, but also a lot of lows and some very mixed feelings about the show Mm -hmm. and I don't, I mean, Ben, you and I are a lot alike, so it's possible you had this very same feeling when you watched episode one of season two, but I feel like they reached into my brain and pulled out the show that I wanted them to make. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Let's just talk about it. I mean, yes, there's a lot of nostalgia buttons being pushed here, but done in ways that I thought worked just brilliantly. And uh, in a lot of ways, by digging into these things, it just felt like an extension of Star Trek The Next Generation. But in a way where it's like, look, I don't hate it. Yes, have they done things like this before? Yes, but I don't care because it's fun and I love it with characters that are fun and I love. So let's begin with season two, episode one, The Stargazer. Retired Admiral Jean-Luc Picard rejects the romantic advances of his housekeeper, Laris, a year and a half after the death of her partner, Zaban. After giving a speech to a new class of cadets, including his former ward, Elnor, in his role as Chancellor of Starfleet Academy, Picard... He's just a space elf. He's just a space <laughs> elf. Elfnor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Patrick Patrick Stewart Patrick Stewart does as uh, he visits as in hap- as actually what happened in real life visited yep. Whoopi Goldberg and invited her to be on the show and so he could then as Jean-Luc Picard visit her as Guinan in a bar to uh to have a scene um didn't think about that really makes a lot of sense now um mm-hmm. to talk about his lifelong avoidance of romantic relationships uh, in deep space, Captain Chris Rios and Dr. Agnes Girardi of the USS Stargazer investigate. Ooh. And I know I've, I'm like, what? <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, investigate an anomaly that broadcasts a request to negotiate entry into the Federation, but they will only negotiate with Picard. They are joined by Seven of Nine who is uh, flying Rios's old ship around as part of the, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of her, uh, 
her guardian crime fighters. What are they called? Mm, the uh, the oh, it's killing uh, me that I don't remember. Mar- no, not marshal. Something marshals or something. Yeah, yeah, the, the space police. The soon to be forgotten <laughs> plot from season one. Yeah, yes, marshals. Um, yeah. and a fly and a fleet of ships, including the USS Excelsior, which has Elnor and Picard's old first officer Raffi on board. When Picard arrives, a Borg ship of some sort emerges from the anomaly and transports the Queen onto the Stargazer, and the Queen begins assimilating the entire fleet, prompting Picard to initiate the Stargazer's self-destruct. After the explosion, Picard wakes up in his home, seemingly, and is greeted by the extra-dimensional being Q, who has returned to test Picard once again. Ben, what did you think of episode one? Holy shit. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, so it, it, it feels like a bit of a hard reset, which yeah, not really got a particular problem with that. Um, it they didn't, is, they kind of didn't mention once how Picard is an android now. It, it uh, got a... Did they, did they kind of vaguely in passing? Reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Q, Q makes a, a yeah. brief mention. Yeah, that, he like. does at the um, very end. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, so, well, it's like you said, isn't it? I mean, this is a, a show that, uh, like, if, if they got this wrong, it would be a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so the, the obvious, when you get Patrick Stewart, you know what you're going to get. And we've got it. When you get Jerry Ryan, you always forget how fucking good she is. So and then good. she absolutely storms it which she has done more in season two so far in these mm-hmm. two episodes than in season one yep but like i mean she was fabulous anyway you've got michelle hurd who they it feels like they've rebooted her character here and a little I, bit i'm here for that mm-hmm. um i think that's good uh evan uh evagora who um is also present elfnor <laughs> yeah, he's still there yeah, I mean, you know, he's a space elf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's the lie? Um, I, I, I think um, the, the big revelation for me in this episode uh, has been um, Alison Pill. Yeah. Who, so in, in season one, she, um, like, I, I, I sort of feel that in season one, she was a little bit, wasted because mm-hmm. yes she had a like a, a crucial storyline but um it just i don't know she, I, like i i didn't warm to her character in the sense that you know you can warm to to villains and uh, and uh, heroes but at the same time I, I sort of largely remained indifferent to her um they've let her um massively grow as a character uh, in these first two episodes but even right in the first episode you see that there's a new version of uh, of her character i think um uh, it, it seeing all the brady uh in this episode i i don't know going forward whether she's going to be a particularly heavy feature to it and to a revelation we get in um i think the next episode but um again you know it was interesting because having picard have those discussions um about love interests is you know is, is not um, particularly common no. uh, in Star Trek. The usual, well, I guess the expected vehicle for it might have been Beverly Crusher. Yes. Um, but of course, she ain't anywhere near this project, certainly at the moment. Um, what about Vash, so, Ben? We're all forgetting about Vash. Um, 
or is that Dre? I can't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't forget about Vosh, Ben. You can't forget about Vosh. So write a song about it. I would imagine so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, and and then and rapidly becoming my favourite um, sort of addition, uh, as in completely new addition to the the Star Trek world is uh, Santiago Cabrera. Who, so good. Um, I mean, yeah, we've now seen him kind of fully evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we've got the sort of comedy amalgamation hologram uh, version yeah. of him who like the interactions between him and seven i'm in love with and they have a reminiscence of her and uh, and the doctor um mm-hmm. it, there's there's so much there to enjoy you can feel a bit giddy with it but then seeing him in a starfleet command uniform with his cigar yes unlit cigar of course for you know but professional reasons absolutely yeah i was about to say we wouldn't get a fucking television in the u.s would it um but <laughs> i i'm i'm living for all of that right um this, I mean, it, it's. I, I'm I'm relieved. I think that's all I can really say. To right. You. I um, mean, Thunderlancy yeah. is you know they they they've done a, a nice little way of glossing over the age thing. I thought that was. They've cute. had to do it twice um, in this episode. Yeah, they did and, it. They did it with Guinan as well, where she was like, you know, Elorians can age if we want to. Absolutely, and which clearly yeah, I have I, chosen to do. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's cute. I'm, I'm here yeah. for all of that. I, yeah, they I got it. I mean, look, it. with John Delancey, I was actually surprised when, mm. uh, because in my mind, I'm like, you know, why is, why is Q old? Like, he wouldn't be old. But, like, I mean, he's done it once to, like, mock Picard in, you know, yeah. uh, in All Good Things. Like, he did it to, to mock older Picard. But they did the de-aging thing. And, you know, this is not... Marvel or Disney money. This is Paramount Plus money, and yeah. it didn't look horrible. It didn't look it amazing. Perfectly, I think it was perfectly livable. Yeah, I thought it was totally fine, and it, and it existed for maybe you know fifty frames. You know, like enough for him to say like a thing, and then snapped his fingers, and then he looked like current John Delancey. Which, by the way, like mm. I mean, I know he's younger than Patrick Stewart, but uh, that voice is exactly the same like some people's voices change oh, we said the same thing uh, like it's not just the voice he's he's got the everything that he's captured q again yeah. like in a in a heartbeat and and it's interesting if you well you i know you've heard john delancey speaking mm-hmm. comic cons and stuff yep um john delancey does not speak like q no um generally it's it's very much a more a relaxed character. less pointed yeah. tone yeah but he, he's oh, he's so nailed it, and the interaction, the spark between him and Patrick Stewart is, so good. is amazing. Still good because yep. well, the thing is, we've got used to Q being um, uh, sort of again a kind of comedic character over time, and I think yeah, we've as he became more familiar, some, yeah, yeah, and but we've forgotten that there's some malice there, and mm-hmm. that he, you know, it's he's frustrating because of his omnipotence and immortality. Two words that and John there Lance was is saying, uh, and as we, we as we talk about, I mean, as we'll get into episode two a little bit, but there is also mm. something wrong with him. He seems mm. different to Picard. So yes, there's a thing happening there. There is. Mm. I, I I'm I'm here for every second of this episode yeah. i like the the tension that ran through this episode as well mm-hmm. i think that's that was something else worth mentioning about it it um it, it it 
it's odd because not a vast amount of things happen really in this episode I think yeah um, like if you just build a story it's pretty straightforward but um, that that often in, in Star Trek and <laughs> join us to discuss Discovery uh, that can that can feel a bit like you're checking your phone during episodes you know yeah, yeah um, that happens not this, not this one not not a split second of checking my phone or anything yeah absolutely I, this was one of those really good episodes where you see the credits and you feel disappointed mm-hmm. uh that Literally it that, yeah. that it stopped i mean and this was this was just a place setting episode this was like here's where our characters are a little bit of time has passed between the first two seasons uh, so here's where everybody is. Here's what's happening, and this was all like a setup, and the and the season really begins in the next episode. This was all setup, but they packed so much setup in, and not just uh, not just uh, setup for the sake of setup, because mm. uh, there was some intrigue in here. So one of the things we didn't discuss in the the paragraph. Um, Picard is having these uh, as a dream or reminiscing about Mm. as a child, like things that his mother would say to him, like about looking up to the stars or whatever. And before the stargazer explodes, the last thing he hears is the Borg queen saying what his mother said to him when he was a child. And Mm. like, he has this look on his face, like what? Um, Which is also the look I had on my face. Like, what? Um, Mm -hmm. Also, some sort of, like, different design for the Borg Queen was kind of, like, really uh, menacing in a way. New. Yeah, and clearly, like, something is going on there because her face was covered. um, Mm. Intentionally, I believe. And she had, like, these almost Dr. Octopus-esque uh mm-hmm. like tubules to like uh to interface with like there was a lot of but interesting she no longer shoots stuff. to kill right um mm-hmm. no yeah she stunned everybody like she wasn't there to be yeah she did queen <laughs> oh i see what you mean sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she killed in other ways ben uh exactly but, uh not in the not, not in the not in the violent way um but yeah i I, I I just loved I loved all this like uh like the instant they gave us like Rios's captain of the stargazer and I saw that design not just the outwardly design but like the inward design like that felt like a good like walking like traveling path from the ships that we saw at the end of like Voyager and Star Trek Insurrection that felt like an extension of where the ships would probably go from there I thought everything just everything looked great. It felt great. The acting was great. Uh, The story like, yeah, we've seen like Q fucks with time and is teaching Picard a lesson. I don't know if that's all this is. Um, But even though like those are some of my favorite episodes of Next Gen, it's just good stuff. Uh, and I, I like it and I am not afraid Ben to say, I like this episode a lot. I'm going out on that limb. Um, I, I mean, it's controversial, but, uh, <laughs> unorthodox, but I'll allow it. Okay. Uh, what did you give episode one? Um, because I'm conscious of the fact we need some headroom in the score for this show. Yeah. I, I'm hoping, uh, it gets a four and a quarter from me mm-hmm. because I feel like 
well, I already know that I'm going higher. Yeah, I couldn't help but feel the same exact way, but uh, was less reserved and gave it a four and a half. I'm like, mm-hmm. there will be better episodes. I That was my hope. I'm like, you can't start this strong and, mm-hmm. um, and have it not uh, continue to get better. And uh, we'll talk about if it got better. Uh, I don't think it got worse, but we'll see if we thought it got better with episode two, Penance. Uh, Picard learns that he and his companions are now in an alternate timeline. Not a reality, but a timeline. Q has changed something in our past, and it has resulted in humanity forming a xenophobic confederation of Earth. Uh, systematically eradicating or enslaving other alien races. Picard is the Confederation's greatest military commander and has been granted the honor of executing the last Borg. In fact, the Borg Queen. Uh, And he's been granted this honor by Confederation President Annika Hansen, a.k.a. Seven of Nine, uh, who is also married to the Magistrate. The group reunite and learn that the Borg Queen uh, learn from the Borg Queen that they can prevent the Confederation's formation by traveling to Earth, Los Angeles, 2024, because it is there that's the convergence point that something changed. What they do not know, um, and they can only do this with the Queen's help because we're talking about time travel. We're talking about precise. Uh, without some sort of time traveling device, you got to do it the old fashioned way and you need very precise calculations and they don't mm-hmm. happen to have a Spock on hand. Um, but they do have the Borg Queen mm-hmm. and uh, seven basically She's just a calculator, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. She's a living mm-hmm. calculator with, with good eyebrow acting game. Uh, yeah. How the mighty have fallen, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Borg Queen, once a great leader, now just a calculator. He's basically a satnav. Um, yeah, basically. Uh, so uh, Agnes, Raffi, Elnor, uh, they take control of the communication and transporter systems in the Confederation's headquarters, while Seven and Picard try to buy time at the public execution, as you do. Uh, the crowd and the magistrate grow concerned with their stalling. The others complete their objectives, and Picard, Seven, Agnes, Raffi, Elnor, and the Queen manage to beam aboard Rios's ship. They're preparing to initiate the time travel stuff. When the magistrate and security officers beam aboard, they shoot and wound Elfnor, and they prepare to execute them all for treason. Bum, bum, bum. Ben, what did you think of episode two? Well, it got better already. I um, liked it, yes. This this episode was super solid because um, it, it, it did the pacing right, and that's mm-hmm. key to Star Trek. Yep. Um, this had it kind of had everything it needed to have it had the the hint as to the 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 longer arc um it made it fairly clear that that the initial kind of jump is something of a misdirection yes um the whole story will not take place here yep absolutely not um it has it's it's sown a seed as to what it is that leads them there. So we, we know that 2024 is the year that it all changed. And of course, in 2024, a year we visited in Star Trek history, mm-hmm. um, we know that uh, in Los Angeles, which is where they said was important in this, uh, if you go to Deep Space Nine, uh, past tense, the double episode, yes. um, that is the, uh, the, the Bell Riots. Mm-hmm. So if you remember the episode with um, Cisco... And- if they find a way to bring Avery Brooks back... 
into Star well, Trek. I think he's he's often been quite pissy about returning to Star Trek. I hasn't know. He? But, um, who knows? I mean, we we might get Bashir, of course, because um, mm. he was also part of that. Uh, the that Bell Rays thing. Rightly. Yeah. I can't remember who else was. Was it um, was it Dax? Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, Dax uh, was think, also yeah, there. Was Dax, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I I mean, this could be utter misdirection on their part. And yeah. let's be honest, Kurtzman has got fucking form for that. Yeah, I mean, um, everything I've seen in the trailers about 2024 makes it look like mm. our 2024, not the 2024 from Star Trek. But like, yeah. our two years from now is what it this is what they've made it look like. As, as long as Putin doesn't go any more fucking mental. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck, maybe that's what happens in 2024. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's whole lot of stuff going on in this episode. Stuff moves quickly, it moves coherently, which is not always taken as, as read in uh, modern Star Trek. Um, we've, we seem to have chopped off some of the, the kind of flappy about bits that weren't necessarily going anywhere. Um, but uh, it's hard to pick out a highlight in this because I think for me, performance-wise, um, it, it, it's almost impossible because Seven, I think, probably is the standout in the sense that um, every scene with Jerry Ryan in it in this episode is gold. Mm-hmm. Um, even even her, you know, facial expression acting game is just streets ahead of anyone else. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the Borg Queen, obviously we've got a recast there, but you know, there's so much makeup, it's just about doable. Yeah, um, I mean, I was conv- I, for a minute there, I'm like, did they get Alice Krieg back? They did not. It's not a bad job, is it? Um, the I think the interesting thing about her performance in this is that it looks like she's not been given much to do, but watch her, even as a background character, mm-hmm. um, any scene that she's actually in, in frame, um, she's she's got acting turned up to 11 throughout. Yeah. Um, the and again another one who acts so much just with facial expressions uh, which is odd when you think about the Borg Queen um, so her performance is excellent Picard is um, he, he he's not quite he's not been relegated to supporting character role but he he's got little sharp moments of of intensity in this episode which is of course what what um, Patrick Stewart is so very good at yeah um, it, it's I'm, I'm going to say it. It's I won't say it's a flawless episode because there's mm-hmm. always stuff that can be you know sure. fixed or whatever. But um, they've they've given us the, um, uh, the 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 plan. They've told us what's happening. We know broadly speaking where we're going. Um, we don't know why as yet because obviously we still don't know in this episode what it is that Q's changed. Mm-hmm. But. We've just been presented two episodes in. We've been presented with um, the uh, a tag team of Locutus Seven, the Borg Queen, um, <laughs> and, and and others who also ran, um, yeah. but are also really good. I mean, again, Agnes's um, role in this episode is. I mean, she's purely comic relief in this episode. But, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the run she did on the magistrate to try to ex- oh, there's a, there's, so they have to, nice. they have to try to do so much explaining away to like why these people are hanging out together and mm-hmm. everything is happening in secret and oh it's beautiful isn't it yeah and, and but but also you've got um and actually I'll, I'll give space elf his due yeah. um, I, I get the feeling two things about him 
uh, I'm going to give you one prediction as well. But okay. I I think in terms of his character, it just feels like he's another one who's had a bit of a reboot because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, they're stuck with what they're stuck with in terms of who his character is, I think. But, yeah. um, and, and how somebody who's a time traveler copes with absolute candor is going to be interesting, mm-hmm. um, which I presume is basically the reason for him being there. Yes. Um, but what we've got is just, I don't know, just, he's kind of less dumb. Now, yes, time's passed and <laughs> yeah. we know that you know things have moved on a bit and mm-hmm. so on. So he's quite exciting. But of course, in this episode, um, he uh, is unlucky enough to uh, get uh, zapped by the presidential guard or, um, or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. Um, now... Uh, and, and we see that uh, you know there's, we're told from from Raf basically that you know this this is somebody who's been potentially mortally injured, and thing is, when they get solved, uh, sorry, when they get away from this um, this cliffhanger, uh, which will be by somebody probably slightly unexpected coming in and saving them all, they'll then be left with what they do with Space Elf, who's about to die. Yeah. And of course, there is somebody in that room who probably has a way of fixing him um, mm. by, if they just let her, you know, use her old party trick involving just a, a few little nanobots and, <laughs> you know, we could probably fix him right up. Oh, yeah. Hence, massive crisis about, um, you know, can you trust the Queen? She's going to assimilate him. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially I mean, considering the title see- of the next episode. Yes. Oh, I haven't seen the title of the next episode. Is it if it's called Elf Boy Becomes a Borg? Then in fairness, I've predicted nothing. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not so. It's not so specific. Uh, oh, assimilated, right? Fair it's enough. called assimilated. <laughs> right. Okay. Well. Well. Fine. Then I'm right. I mean, but the point is, it's such an obvious sort of next thing. Yeah. Um. And and it gives uh, Annie Version slightly more to do as uh, as a Borg Queen. I think mm. you know we're going to see presumably her return to sanity and a bit of control because that's the rebuilding of a hive and so on. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Borg-related psychodrama happening in the next episode, of course. But at the same time, I I, I don't care that I know absolutely what's coming next. I'm far from thinking, okay, then they're going to do this and they're going to do this. I'm fucking living for it because they're doing it so well. Yeah. So well. Yeah, um, it's always it, it's, the journey. It's just glorious. I mean, it, when we see um, Adam soon, um, so Data's great, 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 whatever the fuck, great numbers that is. Grandfather, uh, yes. Grandfather, you know, that, that's going to sort of add to add to the picture, I think. I presume sure. we're going to see him um, sort of properly next episode. There's a lot going on here, and... Uh, the, I think the only risk in taking this route is if we end up in Voyage Home um, territory as opposed to nods. Yeah. I'd like to see the odd nod, I have to say, towards Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you got to be careful. Because strictly speaking, yeah. we've now been in this situation, what, four or five times, I think, uh, over the various franchises, something like that. Yeah. You know? And, you know, each one of them has had things in common with each other, but I feel like we're we're probably going to be closer to um, to, to the Voyage Home type mm-hmm. scenario here. Um, but I feel, I think this is the thing, I was, I was struggling for an explanation. I think we feel on this show that we're in safe hands, and that's something that Discovery maybe didn't leave us feeling. Yeah. That 
um, I mean, if you watch Prodigy, I think people who watch that show will feel that they're very much in safe hands. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic property. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just so pleased that this is already shaping up to be what we'd like it to be. I yeah. do think it's interesting that, that Laris and um, Sarban are, are, are dead in um, in the reality that yeah. I presume at some point there's going to be some some sort of relevance of them being dead, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I, I presume we're going to see that probably being suggested at next week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love the shit out of this. And um, woo. Yeah. Also, and- how good was... John Briones, I, mean, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his surname, I'm not even sure. Um, Ernesto Clomer Briones Jr. Mm. Uh, as the... Our magistrate. Um, the magistrate. Yeah. Like, he didn't have a great amount to do, but... What he did was I, I good. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, noticeably so. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, also, how long before you get the, um, the, the Spot 73 app on your phone out of interest? <laughs> <laughs> by uh the Pat Oswald voiced uh I also I I don't know I I watched it I'm like I wonder if Ben loved the idea of that I like how he sarcastically says meow every once in a while um, oh, it's glorious and he's such a it's such a snarky little character as well that's basically like I don't think the idea of any of this stuff that we're doing <laughs> in this reality is good at all um <laughs> it was very interesting uh some stuff with Q um, so the title of this episode is Penance. It comes from Q. He tells Picard, because Picard's wondering if this is like another game or another test or something. And he tells him that this is a penance for something that he's done. And curious to know what that'll end up being. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, all things eventually get revealed in these Q plots. So it'll be curious to know what's happening here. Also, did he break the fourth wall? Ben, I could have swore there was a moment where I'm pretty sure he name dropped an episode of Next Gen. Yeah, I, I think he uh, said like I how very yesterday's it. Enterprise of you or something. That's right. Yes, that's right. And I'm like, wait, hold on. What is happening? Is he Deadpool now? What is it? What is he talking about? Um, I, I would love that. <laughs> he just winks and nods. I mean, he did say in a mirror darkly as well. I'm like, are we talking about the Enterprise episodes? Um, so yeah, or maybe that's just me, Ben, being such a Star Trek nerd that when you just say episode titles, I'm just like, I get that reference. Does it mean something though? Um, no, so you can Lois Griff in it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he said it. Yep. Oh, he said it. <laughs> and he did. Uh, but yeah, and Q did seem more perturbed than usual, even. Even early, than earlier Q, who was much more antagonistic. He, Q's not well. He Something's going on, for sure. Mm. Um, I don't know what they're going to be doing in 2024. Obviously, I feel like this is going to be... Uh, I feel like you can't have chosen that year by accident, because it does have sure. ties to Trek. Um, because I feel like if you wanted to just make a commentary on today, you could just send them mm. to... 2022 you know why 2024 um yeah but they didn't um so i feel like that's on it is purpose. a specific year in, in yeah. star trek canon, isn't a it? year so, and place i feel like it has yes. to have something to do with it yeah um gotta be i'm gonna hate it when it's not uh i'm not because okay. i i like being um kind of 
given a, a bum steer if I know that mm. you know the show's going to be good. So I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, if it's I'm good, it's good. To be wrong, but yeah, if it's good, it's good. But the the part of my brain that likes everything to feel cohesive and together will hate it if they don't acknowledge that this is going on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm already going to hate the fact that it's going to look exactly like our time and not like how it looked in deep space nine where people are wearing kind of goofy clothes, but not exactly. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll, um, I mean, this is the thing about obviously making star Trek now that deals with bits yeah. we've already seen is that if he did it exactly the same way, it would look ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I suppose there's, um, as long as there's mentions made of it. Yeah. There'll, there'll be a nod somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, they'll be are, happy. As much as they troll the fans, that mm-hmm. they also, I think they do respect the fans quite, yeah. you know, quite thoroughly. And actually, look at the the cast who are involved in it. Mm-hmm. You've got obviously um, Patrick Stewart, who has a deep love and affection for for Trek, and yeah, particularly Jerry Ryan as well, and Jerry Ryan, who is the biggest Star Trek nerd in fucking Christendom. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're we're in safe hands. Yeah, we are. Um, I liked the reverence that the Borg Queen is still treated with. Uh, yes. Like when Seven, like that, they both of them played this exactly mm. how you would expect. This is somebody who has had not just a deep, like, character effect, but like a psychological effect on who these mm. characters are. Like the instant they see them, like there's a change in their posture and the looks on their face and the way that they talk. And um, I just, all the, the music in between the notes as they well, say. And it's not, yeah, I was about to say, and it's also the, you know, for the, for the, for the fans, as it were, um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, seven and the Borg queen, just in, in the sort of, <clears throat> in the midst of that ramble from the Borg queen, nearly giving the game away to, to the magistrate. Yeah. I don't know about you, but the tingle when she was, she was like, ramble, 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 tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix zero, zero one. one yeah. Like, ah, I wish that's seven. I, like, <laughs> because of, but the thing is the last time that line was said by the Borg queen, it was a, it was a fucking belting iconic line because yeah. she begins addressing seven in a dream by saying tertiary adjunct, uh, of Unimatrix zero one, seven of nine. It's been too long. Yep. And it's, it's a fucking pearler of a line, and yep. yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's so good, isn't it? I'm fanboying yeah. out. They know, they know all the things to say to make me go yay and clap my hands in my living room with no one else to look at me. <laughs> um, they know all the buttons to press, and they're pressing them. And I'm mm-hmm. not mad, and I like it a lot. Ben, what did you give Friend. episode two? Well, having talked about needing to be sensible and moderate, and <laughs> there are more episodes else, to come. I know, but this one got a four and three quarters from me, Ooh. and it only didn't get the five because I couldn't. That was yet. that was you holding back. Uh, it really was. Okay, I remained sensible and went with another four and a half. I respect that, but I feel like I could perhaps be a little hyperbolic here. But Mm -hmm. this could be, I'm not going to say of track, because I don't think that this, I don't think it could be true. But I think this could easily be the best season of any Trek, like post, uh, post Kelvin timeline, like of all the seasons of Discovery, Mm. the first season of Picard. I feel like this is going to be the best season we've gotten of any Trek iteration uh, that could include Prodigy as well. I really liked the first season of Prodigy. It was a lot of fun. 
and I liked a lot of the stuff that we got in there, especially as the show went on. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Lower Decks, which I had a blast with, but that sort of feels like it sort of exists halfway inside and outside of Star Trek to me. Um, yeah, I, Lower Decks, I, it is what it is. It's fun. but it's, Yeah, it's, it's fun, but I don't, yeah. like, if I... If I do a, like a canonical watch of Star Trek, like mm-hmm. I won't watch mm-hmm. Lower Decks in in that. I mix. will. I think I will be watching Prodigy on on that basis. Though. That's possible, though. Yeah, mm. especially when I can figure out when it's actually taking place, because um, yeah. I don't think they've established that yet. Uh, but um, yeah, this these have been two great, great episodes. Mm. And I am very. Have you got any predictions to make though yet? For so obviously we've got the <laughs> obvious one about um, about space elf, but um, I have no idea. I have no idea what. Uh, maybe Q prevents the bell riots from happening, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I'm trying to think of like what could he have done that mm-hmm. would have in that place and time that would have resulted in. The Confederation of Earth. Uh, yes, because what do we know about what Picard? Um, what influence would Picard have had? Mm-hmm. Or well, not him personally, but I'm thinking sort of maybe this goes back to the parents issue. Yeah, family issue, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, right <clears> now, <throat> right now, it feels way too early. I feel like I have way too many questions that like I couldn't begin to answer. Like, what does the stuff with his mother have to do with this? Why did the Borg Queen say that? Is was that his mother there? Or was the Borg Queen there when she said like what is it? Like, what's the Why thing that Borg need him? We right, what's the thing that Picard mm. needs to pay a penance for? Why is Q acting so erratically even for Q? Um there's a lot of questions. Um, I do like the little bit in here. They're continuing this sort of Raffi seven thing a little bit. It seems like they're sort yeah. of at odds a little bit. Uh, she's really wrapped up in her work and their relationship seems to be, uh, um, I, cause you remember how we talked about how it sort of felt like it just happened out of nowhere. Um, yeah. they are kind of like, it feels like putting the gas or like not the gas, but the brakes on it at least a little bit. I think, do you know, I, I was thinking about that. I I'm not even sure that is, I'm not sure that is what they're doing. I think the, I mean, oh, cause there was a, a line of... in here. There was a line in here that really made me laugh when they run into each other and she's with the magistrate and she's like, oh, this is yeah. my husband. And she's like, say what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on a second here. Hold on. Uh, I have your membership card. And clearly, um, I, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a great little moment. I, I don't know if they put the brakes on it, but they haven't gone like, they're not diving into it or anything either. But no, and I, th- I think the um, I-, I think probably what it is is the fact that yes, it was a sort of pull from nowhere, and obviously there's a certain part of the internet that gets very excited about um, oh, gay relationship on Star Trek. But the I-, I think in reality, it's just dropped into the background like the romantic relationships broadly in Star Trek always did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we we saw an awful lot of. Uh, Jadzia and Worf um, and their relationship, but then we'd also go, you know, several weeks without that being, you know, a central part of any storyline. So I, I just think it's being treated probably properly in the sense that it's just being allowed to drop into part of the background narrative, which of, of course is is where it ought to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. 
I think that's the thing is it's nice to have visibility, but also yeah, I, I think it's very difficult when visibility then becomes um, like the only interesting thing about your character uh, in a TV show. So I, I, I respect the fact that they've just put, now they've they've shown you and now they're just putting it sort of in the in the, the wall that is everything else that's going on in the show. Mm hmm. I'm so excited for the rest of the season. I don't, I don't. Do we know how many episodes the season is? Um, um, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those things where it's only like six or eight episodes or something. But no, it's ten episodes. Yeah, I was about to say. I think it was <sighs> okay. more than six. I think originally everyone had assumed it was six, and it's not. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. If they can just keep this up for like eight more episodes, I'm here for it. So, um, I, you know, what? I honestly don't think like earth of 2024 is going to be their only stop among things either. I know. Oh, I agree. I can't yeah. imagine because you know, they spent one episode on the confederation of earth. Uh, I don't think they're going to spend another six or seven or whatever in 2024. Um, so, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and they've got something compelling to tell there, but I would imagine there's going to be more going on. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them jumping between um, eras that we've already seen. I can see them mm -hmm. being involved in all three uh, time zones, I guess, uh, again. So I I wonder, rather than introducing too many different scenarios, I wonder if they might um, sort of move them about within them or maybe even split them up between them at some point. Mm -hmm. um, well, <sighs> all good things, Ben. Uh, well, they, it's not coming to a permanent end. We will be back next week to talk more Picard. I can't wait. Uh, I'm, it's been a while since, uh, probably since like the first half of season four of Discovery where I'm like, ah, oh, I'm excited for next week's episode. But mm -hmm. this is a different level of excitement. This is like gonna watch it Thursday morning as soon as I wake up levels mm -hmm. of excitement. Uh, very excited for this. And so. silence for the actors the second it begins, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Right, right. Of course. Uh, okay, so that's the podcast for this week, everyone. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Of course, this is a listener-supported podcast. There are a couple of different ways that you can help us out there if you so choose. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store, geeklymerch.com, and the links for those are in the show notes for this episode. Uh, of course, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Audible. Just search for I'm a Doctor, not a podcast. Hit subscribe, and then that way you can join us for next week's episode where we discuss Season 2, Episode 3 of Star Trek Picard called Assimilated. <laughs>